Sequel Cast. The Sequel Cast is a show where we talk about movies in a franchise one movie at a time. Uh, we're at the end of talking about the uh, trilogy of Bourne movies with the last movie so far in the series, The Bourne Ultimatum. I'm your host, Matt. Uh, we have a website, SequelCast.com, and um, with me is Sabrina. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Good. I got a fish hook stuck in my toe this past uh, Saturday. Okay. Uh, ouch. Yeah, went to the lake, and it was all fine, and I was stepping to get out of the lake at the shore and got part of a fish hook stuck in there. Oh, no. But it wasn't deep enough where it bled, and I just got a tetanus shot for a physical. Oh, well, there you go. So, good timing. Yeah, it was good timing. I mean, good timing for you to step on something metal. Yeah, but like it felt like a little uh, crab claw grabbed onto my toe. Oh, God. So it didn't hurt until I actually saw what it was. Oh, you looked. <laughs> I looked. That was your problem. You looked. I did. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, that's okay. Did you have to, I mean, did you pull it out yourself? I mean, did you? No, my wife pulled it out. Yeah. Were you just, were you not able to? Like, is it a squeamish thing or was it just too painful or what? I think she would have had a better viewpoint of how it was lodged in my foot than I would have. Ah. So. Well, uh, don't go barefoot on the beach. Maybe. Nope. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It was a lake where there was a lot of people fishing. So. Yeah. Well, wear like rain boots or something. Yep. And they got these little slip on uh, sandal things. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good idea. Yeah. Wow. Do you, do you have a Band-Aid on? No, it didn't bleed, so just cleaned it. Jason Bourne it? is way tougher than you, dude. He is. He is. <laughs> do you have any amusing stories to say? Nah, not really. Or an ultimatum? Nope. No, not really. Just been, uh, you know, hanging out, working, all that usual stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder when this hot weather is going to end. Uh, this week. It's been week. very hot, is it? Okay. Yeah, this week. Yeah, today, I mean, is not too terribly terrible. Yeah. Outside, and I heard by Wednesday it's supposed to be like 70 and then kind of stay that way for a while. Well, that'll be nice for so, a change. Yeah, I think... In the 80s and 90s the past few weeks. I think it's over. So... I think the I think the summer is over. We shall see. Yep. So, talking about Born Ultimatum, which, uh... Did you know they're going to be doing a fourth Born movie? Honestly, I didn't know this until... I think... Well, I think you had mentioned it at the beginning of the mm-hmm. series when we started, but yeah. um, then you had sent me the notes for the show, and I... Uh, I don't know. My brain is not processing this. There hasn't been much information. It's supposed to come out next year in 2012, but they haven't hasn't been like a trailer or a teaser for it or anything. Okay. But I think Pamela Landy is back in it. Um, someone else is back in it. But as Jason Bourne, they have Jeremy Renner in the new one instead of Matt Damon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, not who, not a fan. Not a fan of hearing that at all. Yeah, and uh, Matt Damon was supposed to do a fourth one and then decided not to. 
Well, he's retarded. So, well, I don't know. Maybe he got sick of being in the franchise. How can you be sick of being Jason Bourne? How can you be sick of, know. like, learning to kick ass and, like, driving all of these cool cars and doing stuff? It's just strange that he had a series of movies that did so well because he... Well, I guess he was in all three of the Oceans movies. Is he in those? <laughs> well, okay. But, I mean, you know, most of the time he's in sort of the more art house or, like, dramatic thriller movies. I don't know. Yeah. He does more obscure stuff a lot of the time. I think he's probably well known for this, though. I think he's, like, right. best known for this. And it's nice he got to have a trilogy of films with him as the star where he didn't have to put on a superhero costume. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, this is true. He didn't have to uh, <laughs> be like his buddy Ben Affleck and play... Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. That was just one of those, though. Yeah, thank God. I don't... Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with a second one of those. So, Born Ultimatum is one of the more recent shows we've done on here. It uh, came out in 2007. Directed by Paul Greengrass, uh, same director as the second one, uh, The Born Supremacy, with a budget of $110 million, made 228 in the U.S., and worldwide made $443 million. Whoa. So combined across the three films, I think it's almost a billion dollars, if not a little bit more than a billion dollars. Jeez. So pretty popular for just a series of three films. And it's opening weekend in the U.S. when it came out. There was uh, Born Ultimatum was number one. Number mm-hmm. two was The Simpsons Movie. Oh. Which was in its second weekend at the time. And at number three was Underdog, uh, a movie I saw in the theater, sadly, with a friend of mine, which uh, is based on an old cartoon. But this was a live-action movie, but the car- the dog, I think, was a cartoon in it. I don't know. Oh, God, you're talking... Oh, you're talking about... Okay, uh, Underdog, underdog I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I didn't... I don't it, even think I heard good. of this. I think Owen Wilson is the voice of the dog or Ugh, something. Then it's doomed it's, anyway. It's pretty bad. It's about a dog with a cape that punches people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, in 2007, Born Ultimatum was the number seven movie of the year. Above it, at number six, was the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. That was a weird movie. I've never seen it. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's worth watching, but, you know, you kind of I, I wouldn't make it a priority. All right. Um, number seven, Born Ultimatum, and then number eight for that year was National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Mm. I haven't seen any of those National Treasure movies. Mm, I've seen the... F- first it's with Nicholas two Cage. Yeah, yeah and i think this may be the second i'm not sure if this is the second one or not or i think i only have gotten through like the first 20 30 minutes of the second one okay. something like that yeah Could be. 2007 was a pathetic year because the number one movie was spider-man 3 you know i don't even think i saw that I, um, it, it's not very good i really don't remember if a I lot saw that of, or not uh what the peter parker punches kirsten dunst in the face oh really yeah. oh i would actually probably you might enjoy that part of it. Yeah, I don't think I'd pay to see that one, no. but I would enjoy that. The number two movie of 2007 was Shrek 3, so you got oh. not very good movies. Yeah, see, that's, well, I guess that's one thing that I will be doing coming up, is that Shrek is in town as a Broadway production. Oh, right. And uh, I will be working wardrobe for that for the next week. Now, um, what the my wife and I watched all those Shrek movies recently, and in the movies, like, the pop music is music a lot in it. So what is the music like in the, the show? I have no clue. Shrek? I have absolutely know? no clue. Okay. This is the first time that it's... Um, basically what they did was they had it on Broadway for two years, uh-huh. and then they toured it for, like, one. And I honestly don't think it did all that great, so they pared it down. They scaled mm. it down so much they cut okay. the, a lot of the cast. And so this is... their Portland is actually their first stop on this new tour. So it has kind of, like, a, like its new world premiere here in Portland. So I imagine it has a shorter running time. You would think. Mm, no, it's still, no, it's, it's still, still two hours two and 40 hours? minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, but just I got less a heads of a up cast, on that, yeah. Less of a set. Yeah. 
And that should still be fun to work on. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun. I think a lot of the music will be, you know, good and fun. And of course, they'll have that stupid song at the end of. I'm sh- I'm sure it'll probably be at the end of the show. What song are you talking about? A few I don't know, like the stupid Shrek song that everybody that they play for all of the Shrek movies. I can't remember what it is. I think I've blocked it. Okay. Anyway. So um, Matt Damon is not Shrek. He's Jason Bourne. I would not want to see Matt Damon green. No. I mean, no. he was in Green Zone. He was in Green Zone, also done by this same director, Paul Greengrass. Exactly, so. yeah. Uh, I mean, and this you really have a lot of the cast as the other Jason Bourne films. You don't have that many new people. Some of them have more of a role. Like, uh, you can't say much more about Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. Mm, no. He, he has more of his memories in this one. He's yeah. kind of more in control. Yeah, and I think he finds out a little bit more, too, obviously. Because bit. he's having... It seems like he has more flashbacks, and it's like more of the same flashback. I kind of feel mm-hmm. like... Uh, you know, I guess once we get into the plot a little bit more with it, um, I think it's overdone, actually, a, bit. a little bit. But you I, mean I, the whole born concept as far as sequels? Well, or? no, no, no. I'm just talking about like specifically that is one flashback that it seems like he has. It just seems like it's recurring like way too much in this movie versus like the other ones. It was still kind mm, of subtle, yeah. you know. Well, in the beginning, has a lot of flashbacks to the previous movies too. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a flashback of something that happen that he just remembers part of right i feel like this movie was a lot of flashbacks and i but i think you know it, it does lend a little bit more to his character he's a little bit more human uh versus mm-hmm. robotic from the first one that we saw we have uh, sabrina's favorite julia styles is back as nikki she has a bit more to do but um i was surprised she didn't really stick around for the end of the movie Mm-mm. no she didn't so i don't know really i don't understand why but we'll get into more her. what they do with her in this one okay uh, I think in a lot, this movie uh, reminded me more of the first film, I guess, than the second. Really? In some ways, that we'll talk about later. Okay. So that's a tease, as they say. Joan Allen back as Pamela Landy. She has a bit more to do. She kind of becomes more of a good guy, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And um, what did you think of David Straithorn as Noah Vossen? Um, I actually like him a lot. Do you recognize him from something? Yeah, or? I okay. can't. There was a couple movies that I recognized him in, but the one that I recognized him the most is was um, he was the dad and the good guy in uh, it was like the River Wild with Kevin. Oh, Bacon. I haven't seen that in a very long time. I haven't and either. That and Meryl Streep was in that too. She was. She yeah, played okay. his wife, and that's yeah. how I like when I first saw him in this movie. Huh. I was like, oh yeah, that's the that's the dad from that really. I mean, I thought it was a good movie. A lot of people thought it was crap, but. Um, you know, I haven't seen that one since it first came out on videotape. I don't know, fifteen years. Whatever yeah, it's that been is. a while. So, yeah, it's been a long time. I always get the River Wild confused with an Alec Baldwin movie where he's with a bear in the woods, and it's him and Anthony Hopkins. I think it's just called. I don't know the name oh. of it. Damn it! I know. It, I it's can not see called the, box the Wild. Art. No, I can see the box art on it though. Oh well. I don't. I don't remember what it's called. It's We're not probably better not off so not knowing. Important. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you have Patty Constantine plays Patty Ross, who's the British journalist sort of investigating Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. And I think he's good with what he has to do. I mean, back uh, to Noah Vossen for a second, the bad guy character, he's a bit, I think, more subtle than Chris Cooper or Brian Cox. He or, is. He's a lot more he, He's calm. not yelling all the time, right. Yeah. I think he's a little bit more uh, intelligent and calculating. Mm-hmm. Whereas everybody else kind of shows their uh, their emotions on their sleeves a little bit more, this this guy doesn't. And to be fair, like the head bad guy parts in all these movies, it has to be really difficult for the actors because it's still them staring at computer screens and phones, mm-hmm. and saying, "Oh, we got to track him down." That's not a lot to work with. 
No, and it's not interesting really, to see yeah. how the different actors portray it differently in the three different films. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other main new character, would it be Albert Finney, was Dr. Albert Hirsch, kind of the guy that made Bourne who he is or did in charge of the training program. Mm-hmm. Albert um, Finney's awesome. I, I, what, what is he from? He looks familiar. Oh, he's been he's in been so in much stuff. stuff. Okay. Yeah, I guess... Uh, he's been on like a lot of like Broadway and Shakespeare type things, but um, okay. he was uh, probably well known for Aaron Brockovich. Oh, right. He was the attorney that represented her. Okay, that's. I think that was one of my first introductions to him, hmm. and then kind of started following his career a little bit, albeit that I don't know much of it right now. Sure, I mean it's definitely a name that I recognize, but when I saw his face, it wasn't. Someone I knew that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did you see this Born Ultimatum in the theater mm. first time around? I believe I did. I think I yeah. saw most all of them in the theater because I enjoyed the series so much. Oh, okay. Um, I remember when I saw it, and I be- I do believe it was in the theater. And then when I watched it again, I remembered how dark it was and not liking that mm. aspect of it. I had a really really hard time watching this video. Um, I don't think it's like I don't think it's a disc issue. You I mean don't, dark was, like the. No, no, no! The like I couldn't see. Like I couldn't see half of the movie. Huh? Yeah, and I mean, I like sound. I kind of like you know messed with a lot of the settings on my computer to try to brighten it up a little bit. But there were so many dark scenes. Well, I hate messing with my settings once I have them <sighs> set because then it screws everything else up. I know. The next time you're using, um, I don't know, iTunes or whatever it is you normally use in your computer. Yeah. Well, that's always annoying, uh, and I find in a the theater, especially if the picture is dark, it's much harder to see. Right, but at that point, you know that it's not you or it's it's, that, it's not true. the screen right. you're not sitting there like yeah. messing with it you know you're not yeah. flexing your monitor up and down and kind of you know moving your head back and forth to try to get a better picture right that's always distracting mm-hmm. uh, so this movie I think starts with a lot of flashbacks from the other ones yeah so I don't know if you walking into this without seeing the other ones would be a good idea no, I mean, I think you learned that with watching the second one first. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that you were like, what is going on? And I I tried to put myself in your shoes and watching that second one of, yeah, I don't think I would get it either without having seen the first one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you just walked into this movie and you started watching it, no, you wouldn't. There's too much backstory within the first two that, that it would not be a good idea. Sure. And it's weird because when you talk about a lot of trilogies and things, yeah, you could probably jump into the majority of the stuff that we've reviewed or that we've, you know, had. Uh, you could you could jump into Basic Instinct two without seeing the first one. You could oh, yeah, jump sure. into a, you know a Mad Max without seeing or, yeah, yeah. Rebel, yeah. You could do all of that with this That's one. True. You really can't. No, they do sort of build upon the other, and even like in this one, how it talks about Operation Blackbriar some. That's something that's mentioned at the very end of the first film, Born Identity, mm-hmm. where. Um, Oh, what's his name? When the Brian Cox character is sort of testifying before Congress, and it says, like, oh, he started a new program called Operation Blackbriar to replace uh, Treadwell. Treadstone. Sorry, Treadstone. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I said messed it up last That's time, okay. too. Okay. So, um, what do you think of all the stuff in the beginning where the journalist is kind of investigating uh, Jason Bourne? Um, I th- I thought it was good, and it's here a bit again, it's it's, it's not so Matt Damon focused. No, it's not. It wasn't Matt Damon focused at all. Um, and again, that that's one of the scenes that I had a really hard time uh, watching. That and uh, where he he'll eventually like break into somebody's office, and the scenes to, for me were so dark that I mm-hmm. couldn't see what was happening. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember based off of when I saw it before, it, like what was happening. You know, as I was watching it again, trying to watch it again. 
Um, so I, I I thought it was good. Um, I understand like the uh, like the next thing after that was him kind of meeting up with the guy, and mm-hmm, but very. Uh, but it's something like he gets a a phone where you pay a, a cell phone where it's just you pay for a, a fifty like a minute card a prepay yeah. exactly a prepay phone. And he gives it to this guy, and he's sort of giving him commands as to uh, where he needs to go and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's really a different way to do an action scene because Matt Damon or Jason Bourne is like punching people in the face right behind this guy, but he doesn't know he's being followed. Right. But on the other hand, it's a lot of people chasing him, and he's just an average guy being told to run for his life. He's not trained like Jason Bourne. Right, and basically the whole principle of it, uh, the reason that why he's chasing him and kind of trying to help him out is he, I think, got a hold of a recording that said something like, it all started with Bourne, mm-hmm. which is the right. which is the Black Briar, I think, is what they were talking about, about mm-hmm. the operation. Yeah. And so he f- somehow catches wind of this and, and starts... And at the same time, the CIA has caught wind of it, and so right. they're trying to track down where the hell Bourne's been the past few years. And right. And so from the get-go, you're you're automatically reintroduced to Bourne without a mm-hmm. lot of backstory. You're automatically reintroduced to Pam Landy, again, without a yep. lot of backstory other than, hey, it's deputy director, you know, of whatever branch of whatever. That's really the only introduction that you get from her. And then there's this other, this other, uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, Noah. Noah. Noah yeah. Vossen, Yeah. And you f- you find that there's a little bit of you know as they're trying to work together, uh, you can tell that there's some tension between Pam Landy and Vossen mm-hmm. um, right from the get go. And he basically says, you know what, back off. We have this handled. He tries to take over the operation to try to find Bourne. Right. And meanwhile, she's seeing what damage he can do. Yeah. And all these things. And I really enjoyed in the beginning how even though Bourne is a uh, giving. Uh, what Patty, the journalist, all this instruction that he tells him to wait for a really long time as this uh, these crowds are passing in front of him, but the guy just can't wait any longer. He decides to do his own thing and run off, and he gets shot. Right. And I, killed. I, that, that's just one of the things that I really like about this movie, and I really like about how uh, how Bourne does that. Is he's so perceptive, he's so trained, not only for himself, but for other people as well, that he can just be on this little headset of a you know microphone that's connected to his phone and guide somebody through Waterloo. But you um, feel bad for him. You wish the guy would have lived. Well, yeah, you wish the guy wasn't stupid enough to go and get himself killed, but, I mean, it's his own, it's his own fault. So, you know, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's basically a big excuse for Jason Bourne to be chased, mm-hmm. you know, just by himself, not uh, carting this other uh, journalist guy around. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the journalist w- just d- flat out didn't listen and ended up, you, you know. what was coming to him, I guess, in that regard. Yeah, he did. But, you know, hey, p- patience is a virtue. Just, you know, yeah. just wait it out. You've got somebody that's already guided you this far, and you know that people are already shooting at you or looking, you know, trying to get you in some way, shape, or form. Just let it go. Now, isn't it like around this time when Warren meets up with Nikki somehow? Yes, because she is already, um, she was at the place where... He had found a whole bunch of information going to, uh, it was like another deputy director guy who was basically there. I can't even remember. Um, his name was Neil 
Daniels. Neil Daniels, he yeah, he was a station chief. chief. Yeah, yep. so he was already involved with that with Blackbriar. That's right. Whatever Blackbriar and Treadstone, and so he goes into this office and try to rans, you know, tries to ransack it, which he does like three minutes before the CIA gets there, and then ends up uh, kind of tricking them, going into this other room for, again because the scene was so dark. I couldn't tell how. Mm, yeah. Like, did he go across the street? I mean, did he just go into this other room after he had basically killed these other guys? Uh, and Nikki is like miraculously there. Yeah, uh, that was one thing I didn't quite, I didn't quite get. But yeah, she just kind of shows up. She just kind of pops there and says, "Hey." And I'm a bit you? curious as to why she does that because at the in the second movie, Born Supremacy, near the end, doesn't Matt doesn't uh, Jason Bourne take Nikki by the uh, take her by the lapel of her jacket and start like screaming at her and all these yeah, things? Yeah, he and basically a gun interrogates her. Yeah, he interrogates her. So why would you want to hang around uh, old Jason Bourne again? Well, that's just it. I think because, well, and she alludes to that a little bit later. They're on a ferry mm-hmm. from somewhere to somewhere. I don't know. Um, I think it's to Morocco, I think. Um, yeah. And she alludes to the fact that she knew him prior to him losing his memory. Like, they had a connection. Oh, they had okay. some kind of chemistry together. Like, hey, it's really difficult. And she says that. She's like, it's really difficult for me to see you like this. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you have absolutely no recollection to you. Almost kind of like... Hey, I was your girlfriend, or I was married to you, mm, or you know right. something. So, um, yeah, it just seems a little weird that. She, I mean, obviously, he's not going to know. And it's nice in all three of these movies, even though they reveal little things about Jason Bourne's past, they don't go into so much detail. Where there is nowhere left to go in other movies, mm-hmm. they just give you just a tiny bit of information each time. Right, which is good. Because you don't need a lot of detail. You don't need to know what happened between the two of them prior to him losing his memory. Yeah. Because what I what I prefer, what I would choose to remember is the time that you had with the person, you know, with um, Marie. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, sort of that's where his that memory, memory started. That's where we started with him. Yeah. Who cares about his love interest prior to that? We want to know what his training is. And we want to know more about Jason without this romantic involvement. We already got that. And it was the it was the tragedy of him losing her that we don't need to have that again. We don't we don't need to bring that back. I don't think. That's true. Yeah. And um, I mean, but Nikki does some stuff in this movie where at one point she has to get her hair cut and color it, and that's very much what Marie did, sort of in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but what he tries to meet up with Daniels, the CIA station chief guy, and he gets killed by a roadside bomb, but he still has to protect Nikki at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, in this explosion where Daniels was, there's a briefcase that has information about the the base where Jason Bourne was trained to begin with. But also part of that has to do with what? It's like a special code about his birthday yeah. with Pamela Landy where she gave him a false birthday that happened to be the same as like the street address. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was f- for though, there's so many little details in this that there it's is. hard it's to try to remember to exactly what they are. What happened? Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's this guy who's uh, what is it? his name is like Tangier or something is like chasing him through the streets of Morocco, and mm-hmm. this was like kind of the cool part because normally we see car chases, right. and this one was like a full on like motorcycle chase. It wasn't nearly as long as some of the car chases have been, I don't think. 
but it was still a good... Doesn't it go from a motorcycle chase to a foot chase? It does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it started with the motorcycle. And I think mm-hmm. uh, it was like a motorcycle and moped or something like that. Right. Um, and we find out that this Tangier guy is after... He basically does what he sets out to do, but then realizes, oh, I'm going to go back for Nikki because even though she, he thought she was the one that gave the order and I think just realized, no, I'm just going to chase after her and try to kill her. I, there was to me there was no motivation for him trying to do this. I don't no, know. I think Nikki seems kind of forced in this movie. She yeah, she was. I, I they just have a well, they with had her. a character you know that you would know from the other movies, but considering she never really did much except look pretty in a business suit yeah. and get yelled at in the second one and have really great highlights that she had to ruin. Yeah, with her hair, you know. Yeah, I think it would have been more interesting if uh, Pamela Andy got involved. That would be. That make field. a lot more sense because she gets a bit more involved uh, near the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and I think she's more interesting, both an actress and uh, and a character. Yeah, because she feels kind of betrayed at what the programs have become. Uh, you know, like the Blackbriar, the Treadstone mm-hmm. projects, yeah, have become, and it's not what she joined uh, the CIA for. No. And she also realizes, you know, and that's the other dynamic between um, Vossen and Landy that was really interesting is obviously we get a sense of the fact that they have some kind of a personal thing mm-hmm. or had one going on prior to. And that's com- that's left out. We don't need to know again. We don't need to know about that other than that. Hey, there's this underlying tension between the two right. of them. But it's interesting to, to see now you're dealing with this other character that's not Chris Cooper and that's not that other guy from the second movie. The Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Thank yeah. you. Um, that's that's not either of these two to see how they deal with it and how she continues to rope her way into still getting her own way because she knows how Bourne operates at this point. Yep. She is the Bourne expert. Did you think it was a bit cheesy in this movie how, uh, like, Jason Bourne goes to New York City sort of near the end of the movie and he talks to Pamela Landy and it's exactly like that scene in the second movie where he's talking to her and he's like, oh, you look really stressed. I can see you. And then hands yeah. up. It's, I guess it's sort of a signature thing at this point. I Yeah, I think that's probably what they were intending to do with it. But yeah, it's a little... I'll admit, it's a little cheesy. Could have thought of, you know, something else. I, I don't know. Maybe, like, send her flowers and have the timing of the guy knocking on the door saying somebody's at the door. I don't know. Something a little <laughs> bit cooler than, you know... I got your flowers. Yeah. Ding dong. Yeah, it's something different. Yeah. Would have been cool. Yeah. Um, so even though the other movies really take place uh, in different cities around the world, and this one really towards the end, it's just in New York City, mm-hmm. which is a bit different. Yeah, I mean, the original chase for the first part of the movie, I believe, was was in Morocco, I think. I mean, it, it was Maybe, some, I don't, it was so some many different kind of countries a, they go to in these movies. Yeah, it was some kind of a f- it was some kind of a foreign country. Oh, one of those, one of a those. foreign country. Yes. Hmm. Um, I believe that's what it was. I'd have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure it was a foreign country. No, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> you're a smart ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was, it was like Morocco or Tangiers or someplace like yeah. that. So, yeah, there didn't seem to be a lot of location shooting for this one. Um, did we say what their budget was? Uh, 110 million. I think that was a little bit more than the budget on, um, uh, the second one, but I mean, compared to something like Transformers that costs two hundred fifty million, again, Transformers is like a movie where they have the computer effects like in every single shot almost. Mm-hmm. So that adds a lot to the budget. But you remember when uh, when Titanic came out, and that was like the huge. And it, what was huge the budget thing? on Titanic? It was a hundred million question. dollars. Really? That was like and that was oh a big God. deal at the time. Yeah, it was yeah. like the the biggest that thing the that anybody's ever movie to date. Yeah, and now it's mm. just like well, it's 
the average. So, I mean, you can't, sure. I don't know if that's, you can just blame inflation or just the fact that people don't know how to that, like spend. Like a lot of special effects can be pretty expensive with some of that stuff. Oh, I get like, that. I don't know. And they, but even then they still do stuff to make filming cheaper by filming in Canada or New Zealand. Or, or here in Portland. Yeah, in Portland. Mm-hmm. There's no sales tax, therefore they get a break through the Arts Commission. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Amanda Seyfried filmed something in Portland. Yep. Recently. I don't remember what it was. It was, it was like a one-word title, so I don't remember what it was. a lot of one-word titles. It was a thriller. Yeah, that really I doesn't think That doesn't help. narrow it down. Oh, well. No. Uh-uh. Back to Born Ultimatum. God, I hate these titles. <laughs> I do, too. Can they just say, like, Born 3? What do they even mean? Like, Born Identity kind of makes sense. It, He's trying yeah, to find his identity. Exactly. Or what the Jason Bourne identity means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bourne supremacy, I don't even know what that's referring to. I just think of, like, Supreme Pizza when I think of supremacy. Oh, see, I go completely, I go a totally opposite way. I mean, I would, I would agree with the Supreme Pizza thing. Yeah. But I go with the uh, the supreme being, and then I think of uh, the Fifth Element, and I think of Lilu, and I think of Bruce Willis. Oh, sorry. So you see, that's like where not, my not mind Chris goes. Not Chris Tucker. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's where my mind goes. If somebody says like supreme, I think of supreme being, and I just go that route. It's really retarded. Um, and, but then, and then ultimatum, and that makes it sound like it's the end of a series, which this happened to well, be. Well, they probably thought it was going to be right, but then it turned really successful, and of course, they want to do. A fourth one that's coming out well, uh, in 2012. Yeah, do we know what that one's called? Because it, it's the called the says a Born, Born Legacy, I think. <sighs> well, I'm sure they probably have to do it because that's the where Born the something. I think that's what the book was based off of. Because you have to realize that these were all books. Yeah. Well, I mean, these first three are the books that Robert Ludlum did, and then all the books since then, after Robert Ludlum died, are written by different people. Right. But it still says Robert Ludlum's Born in the Born. Uh, Pizza. I don't know. God, that's awful. <laughs> my mind keeps on going back. You know to what pizza. I think they're gonna do is with Sad. this. You think uh, they're gonna start it over with a new one, or no? I think what they're gonna. Well, kind of. I think what they're gonna do with the fourth one is that they're gonna put this jackass who's not Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's gonna be a prequel. Oh, it's gotta that could be. be. Yeah, because I mean I the the that. you know I know that uh, it's like the sc- the, sh- the screen th- shot that you're showing me within these notes is uh, this Jeremy Renner guy or whatever from the Hurt Locker. So I understand that that's like what it is. Yeah. But by seeing that, I almost go to like, hey, this is the pre Jason Bourne. This is how he eventually got to volunteer for Treadstone. This is like all of his training and everything leading up to it because we've only gotten glimpses of everything else. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see what they'll do. But that, yeah, that I have a feeling it'll be a prequel. Mm-hmm. It's a good way they can do these things sometimes. Yeah. But um, so, what did you think of the car chase in Born Ultimatum compared to the one in Born Supremacy? Um, I thought it was actually pretty good. I it's, I think it's a bit more ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer the actually honestly I I prefer the very first one because f- to me that movie with the little is just cars yeah the with the little I don't think it was a Mini Cooper but that's just what they remind me of because they're tiny little European going the cars. parking garage and the alleyways in France yeah I I prefer the second then th- the sorry the first second and then the third yeah as far as the order of car chases that I liked I thought this one was a lot of fun but it almost reaches like something out of a Lethal Weapon movie or something where the car gets knocked off the top of a parking garage lands on its roof like lands upside down mm-hmm. Jason Bourne comes out not really that injured and he's chasing uh, <laughs> shooting someone or something as he's running after the car in front of him yeah I don't recall exactly what happened I saw this movie well, two weeks ago well I I 
got the sense that it was going to be like that. And the reason I got that was after kind of going back a little bit within the movie, after the briefcase exploded, the roadside mm-hmm. bomb thing that that dude placed. Yep. Bourne gets caught in that bomb. Oh, and right. he's like down, face down on the ground, and he gets up and he's kind of like, Whoa, and like kind of like does a little <laughs> shaky head thing, and then he stumbles for like three or four steps, and then bam, he's off on a foot chase. Right. It's like I'm sorry, you don't, you just got something exploded like thirty feet from your face, and your ears must be ringing, and you're just, I mean, it's a bomb, That's and it true. goes off within, I mean, within a very very close proximity to you, and you're just going to get up and run. So I mean. For me, I mean, I understand it's a movie and it's not supposed to be completely realistic. No. But a lot of things that we've seen have already kind of been, they're like realistic in my mind. There hasn't been anything like so outlandish, I guess, that really kind of tipped me off. But uh, some of the action in Born Ultimatum is a bit more outlandish. Yeah. But it's not as ridiculous as something you would see in Transformers Transformers or Die Hard or what I think in Die Hard 4 is a helicopter chasing him and he shoots a fire hydrant. And the fire hydrant gets blasted up into the helicopter and knocks it down. Yeah, the helicopter explodes or something (laughs) like that. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I would expect to see that. I would expect to see that kind of a thing out of a movie like that. But for this one, yeah, that was actually the catalyst for me going, like when Mm. I saw the car chase going, yeah, okay. It didn't impress me nearly as much as the first two did. So it's nice when Bourne gets to um, the sort of secret underground headquarters in New York City. He meets up with Pamela, Pamela Landy. Mm-hmm. Who's out, I can't say that name. Who uh, is outside, and she lets him in, and they have a moment to talk. Yeah, which and was weird. I mean, it, it is was, weird because nice, they're never really face to face. They've but never it's been like, face to face. Oh well, he has a little friend now, but not. I don't know. She's just sort of there to open the door, and say, "Oh, you know, I'm just helping you because I don't believe in what these programs became." No, but she and she also believes that because what these programs are basically brainwashing soldiers yeah. yep. is. I mean, ultimately. That's what it is. That's what these programs are. But she also believes that, yes, you absolutely have no recollection of your life prior to this happening. She truly believes that. Whereas I don't think anybody else does. They always they always try to find the underlying motivation for Bourne's, you know, mm, for doing what right. he's doing. When he doesn't even know that what he's doing is causing a chain reaction to have everybody and their mother freak out. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just doing what he can to protect himself and find out the truth about his past. But at the end, I'm really confused. Why doesn't uh, Nikki go along with Jason Bourne? She just kind of drops off in the middle of nowhere. She's an idiot. Is that why? Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to label her an idiot. Like, I thought maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but... She's just an idiot. She's an idiot. Yeah, I think what happened was the producers and the director, they were just like, you know what? Sorry, Julia Stiles, you suck. Go make your little dance movie. Go do whatever it is that you need to do. We're just going to drop you off the face of the earth. Bye-bye. Well, that makes sense. And she would kind of seem like more dead weight. (laughs) Like, I've got to take you to where they made me, uh, where it's trained. Yeah. Come on, Julia Stiles. Come on. Yeah. And I, I don't, I didn't really get that either. It's kind of like the little puppy dog theory. <laughs> I would yeah. have rather he had a little puppy dog running around with him than Julia no, Stiles. Because, no, 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 because the dog thing reminds me of the Mad Max and then the dog gets it. And it, like, oh, the, yeah. no good can come out of having a dog in an action movie. There's just, n- no. The dog doesn't end up being the hero. It ends up being a victim. And I don't like that. It's played for sympathy usually. Yeah. Then don't watch I Am Legend. Okay. Okay. Spoilers, they kill a dog in I, I Am Legend. I think so. I, I don't really remember. Okay. I just Something remember that it was the guy to a and dog, the dog in I Am Legend. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I it's... Yeah. So were you really satisfied with the end of this movie where he confronts the, the doctor and you get a little bit more detailed flashbacks, but like we said before, not that much information about what happened. It seems sort of anticlimactic to me. Like it, it was going towards a big 
push for something because he corners the doctor and chases him at the same time Jason Bourne is being chased by all the CAA guys with these like SWAT team gear on or whatever it mm-hmm. is that's going after him. Um, I guess I buy it just because it's, yeah, it gives more information. So I was satisfied because I did get information and it's not like, Hey, I was satisfied because of, I didn't feel like I got enough mm. of it. I, I felt like it was the perfect amount of information that they were giving to him, you know, through this, through Albert Feeney. But yeah. yeah, it was a little anticlimactic. I will give you that. But, um, I think it's better than nothing. Right. And, you know, I think had they revealed, oh, Chris Cooper is still alive somehow and he was the one behind it all or like that could have been a bit silly. You know, no, I would, I would prefer to think that it was, yeah, I would prefer to think that it was Albert Feeney the whole time because I think he's kind of a badass old guy and I would, I would totally buy that. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, I did. It's just uh, Chris Cooper would have been too young of a guy to like have something behind it the whole time. It's not political enough. It's not. There's, like, components of it where it's just not oomphy enough. Well, and there's also the whole political aspect of showing the, the sort of brainwashing where he's being waterboarded and being treated very poorly mm-hmm. in these training sessions. But it's revealed that the the program was something that he volunteered for. Yeah, he walked in. He walked in, which is really interesting. And, you know, that they don't get into that much more detail than that can make you think in your head, well, what what might have driven someone to go, you know, join this program where they sort of give you a clean slate, train you how to use weapons, and right. have you go assassinate people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, uh, I don't think I would actually volunteer for anything like that. I mean, they probably don't know what no, they're volunteering yeah. for. That's just it. Right. Because I don't think they'd have an ad in the newspaper or in Would Craigslist. you like to be a train killer? Would you like to be brainwashed by the CIA? If so, come and join us in this unmarked white room where we will dunk you in a tank and make you forget all of your past. Right. Yeah, I don't I mean, think that would. You know, that wouldn't really work. You could say something in the ad that has like compensation is like five million dollars. That's great. You know what? By the time they brainwash you, you're going to forget that they even owe you money. But it's more interesting the less we know about them, and so I think if they if you're right and if they end up doing sort of a prequel for the next one, it's kind of like the more you found out about I don't know like Darth Vader or whatever, the right. less interesting that became. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to see. I almost picture. Like a little farm of soldiers and Jason Bourne mm-hmm. happens to be in yeah. there. But I think it would be kind of cool to get all of the other bad guys that we've seen in the previous two, well, three movies. You get Clive Owen in there. Oh, that you could get, be something. You know, you get the that guy from uh, the trigger guy. I don't remember what his name was from the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get all these bad guys in there. And maybe they like all had some kind of like camaraderie like in the army or something like that. And then they all at various points of their lives volunteered for this program. So maybe they really did know each other beforehand and... Now they're all trained to kill each other whenever an order is given. It doesn't matter what kind of friendship they may or may not have had. Did you enjoy the ending to Bourne Ultimatum? Yeah. It was okay. I mean, like, they're not going to kill Jason Bourne in a Jason Bourne movie. No. Well, obviously not. I mean, again, if if the fourth one is going to be a prequel, then, yeah, okay. But you can't, you got to think these things through. Yeah, right. we're talking about 2007 to 2012. Well, that's nice in the one of the last shots. It's similar to kind of what happened at the beginning of the first movie where you see him underwater, sort of swimming. Mm-hmm. And this one, he's swimming away. And the other one, he's sort of shot in the back and underwater and rescued. Right. Meh. 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 It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You get to see the bad guys are arrested, but... Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, that's that's Whatever. okay because it's... Um, I guess there's a, the train of thought and the opinion that... I would have rather have seen Brian Cox get punished 
you know, by his government for doing what he did then versus have him, him kill himself. Killing himself. Yeah, one. so I mean, that's yeah. kind of where I felt a little bit better about this one because the bad guys did end up having their day in court. I mean, it's something that Law and Order like always tells you, mm-hmm. you know, for the past twenty years or whatever. It's just like, no, that's there is, you know, there is a consequence to everything that you do, and you're not, you know, guilty, and you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. And I think that's kind of a big one with this that they needed to have. It's not just a matter of like offing the people that didn't do right. Right. You know, that's true. And I think too, because Bourne didn't get a hold of him. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, you know, that is kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah. He didn't really have a face to face confrontation with Noah. Nope. But he, he never got really to have did. those with, uh, Brian Cox and Chris Cooper and the other ones. Right. And Chris Cooper, I mean, obviously because he was like his trainee. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, his training master or whatever, however you want to look at it. But he didn't realize that until his flashbacks. That is true. You know, and then, so yeah, you wouldn't really kind of put the two together until a little while later. You know, yeah, he'd have no memory of uh, of Vossen or anybody like that. Um, sure. You know, because he was kind of a new character that came in. So we have time, don't we, to step back and look at what we thought of the series overall? Oh, yeah. Well, let, let's do that. Cause okay. The born Identity... Um, I think I'd give it four out of five stars. I think it's a really, really solid action film. Mm-hmm. It um, has a plot that moves along well. I like uh, I like Chris Cooper in it, and it it's one you know I wish I would have seen when it was in the theater in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And instead, I went in the theater to see Scooby Doo. So you made a poor decision. <laughs> Very poor decision, Matt. Poor I hope decision. you enjoyed Scooby Doo on the big screen. I I didn't. You know, I was on a uh, going to it uh, as a double date, and even then, I wanted to shoot myself walking in the theater. And the only thing that I was halfway interested in watching Scooby Doo for was because uh, Rowan Atkinson, the guy that plays Mr. Bean, is in the movie. Yeah. But um, no, he couldn't save Scooby Doo. Nothing could save the drudgery that was Scooby Doo. Nope. Not even Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, especially... She's especially bad in that. (laughs) I never even saw it. I'm (laughs) like, are you kidding me? No way. Not watching this piece of crap. Uh, Yeah. So, if there was to come back out on the big screen, you would definitely go see it then. The first one. Yeah, no, I think it'd be fun. Okay. To see if it came back for, I don't know, 10th anniversary or some midnight Mm -hmm. movie or something. Ooh, that would be kind of cool. That could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what would have made it a five for you then? Um, You know, as good as Matt Damon is... I just have a tough time watching him in action movies. I, I guess I haven't seen him in enough stuff where he's... I just can't always buy him as, like, a macho, strong guy. And I know, like, the Bourne stuff is more about him being intelligent and smart. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't click with me as well as, I don't know, someone like The Rock. God, this is such a weird comparison. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, uh, I don't know. Matt, I don't have anything to throw at you right now. I feel that I like these movies... I like doing these movies for sequel cast, but I feel I appreciate them more once I've seen them a second or a third time. Yeah. There are a lot to take in. Sure. Okay. So I'd say a four, but I enjoyed it. Okay. You? Um, Born Identity. uh, You know, I would give it, I'd I'd give it a five out of five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, for, for me, the series was really great. Um, and I'll get into a little bit later about that, but, um, 
just because it was so I, I it was so raw. Mm-hmm. It was like raw fighting, raw footage. I remember just being as like blown away by the fight scenes, um, by the car chase. Well, I bet at the time when you saw it in the theater, it must have been pretty revolutionary because so many so many movies have copied that style of action since then. Yeah, exactly. That and the fact that we're talking about an American actor yep. who's not, you know, it's not Jason Statham, it's not Clive Owen, right. it's not anybody that's British in any way, shape, or form. No Daniel Craig. You know, it's just like an American guy, you know, playing a kind of his own superhero when it's not really a superhero movie. You know what I mean? You're sort still, root- you're still yeah. rooting for him. Right. You're rooting to find out who he is. I just, I think it had like the perfect balance of, you know, of action, of emotion, a little bit of, you know, hey, I'm kind of falling in love with this chick. You know, I mean, it was, it was a very, very well-rounded movie for me. So I would give the first one five out of five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, War and Supremacy, I think I would give two and a half out of five. It's something that I feel, I just feel the plot is really muddled and I think in my opinion, it is the most confusing plot of the three. Really? I probably get the most to understand from that watching it a second time. I guess yeah. this is, I've only, I mean, I saw it when it was in the theater, but that doesn't really count. Because there's so much going on between the Russians and Brian Cox and all that stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I just got so upset when they killed uh, Marie. But yeah. that sort of turned me off for some of the movie. Real? And, uh, oh, you can't let that affect your score, Matt. It does. Like, it's a bad excuse. But um, <laughs> I just like the character. I wanted to see her live. But I know you got to have him be tough and give him a reason for revenge. Well, yeah. And if it was Mrs. and Mrs. Bourne running around, that wouldn't be very interesting either. So No. Wow, a two and a half, though. I'm kind of surprised that that's that low for you. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's better than RoboCop 3. Uh, wow. <laughs> I need to give it a second shot. I mean, these are very dense movies. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah. Like and I guess before. maybe I'm kind of at a disadvantage where maybe that's why I'm giving it higher marks is because mm-hmm. I've seen these multiple times. Oh, that's true. So I get it. I mean, I yeah. understand the stories a little bit. The third one I'm like, I'm a little muddled on because okay. I think I've only seen that one. Uh, my my viewing for for sequel cast it was like my second time and everything okay. else I've right. seen at least three so mm-hmm. um, so for me the third one's a little bit more muddled um, the second one I would give probably four and a half out of wow. five okay so yeah. still high recommendations it, from Sabrina and I think the reason that I would say that is number one because I cheated and I watched the special features um, <laughs> which I never do I don't yeah. usually watch DVDs so everything I do is like streaming or you know mm-hmm. so for me that was kind of a treat actually that you know hey I get to watch special features when I haven't in a really long time. Um, I Again, I really like the car chases. I think the villain was really good. Um, I liked the addition of Pam Landy. Um, I liked, I, there's just, again, all of these things that I really enjoyed about it. It was a very well-rounded movie for me. It was a little heavy, a little yeah. thick within the story, but because I had seen it so much, I felt like I got it. Right. And it's weird because it's like, well, this is kind of like a weird, like political espionage, thriller, action adventure, not necessarily for chicks kind of thing. And I was just, I was proud of myself because I felt like I got it. That's good. So four and a half because I want to feel good about myself, apparently. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about the third one for you? Born Ultimatum. Okay, so what? I gave the first one four stars. I gave the second one two and a half. Don't try to average it out, Matt. I no, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would give it uh, a three and a half, I think. Okay. I think I liked it almost as much as the first one. I think the, ac- the action in it is... Um, even though a bit more like a summer popcorn kind of action, mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of fun, really well done, and it it's neat to see some of the plot twist in this one with how Bourne came to be who he is, and I like that they still leave it unexplained enough where you're still wondering about the character. They still keep some mystery mm-hmm. to what 
Jason Bourne was before he became Jason Bourne. And that's why I like it more than the second one, is I think the mystery of, oh, what did I really do my first mission, isn't as interesting as what the training process for the program is. How he got there in the first place. How he got there in the first place. Right. Yeah, I I guess so. Um, So three and a half then for the third one? Yes, three and a half. Okay. Um, I would actually agree with you. Actually, I'd probably give it a three. Oh, out of five. I found that it was probably the weakest one um, just simply because I had enjoyed the first two so much because they were as raw as they were as as like innovative I thought as they were where the third one was just it felt a lot more produced. Yeah, it felt more slick, more polished. Yeah, and I mean that's great. Some people are really into that and if you hadn't seen any of the other two then yeah, I guess maybe other people would give it a higher mark. Hmm. But um, I just didn't feel like it um, was like the four or five that it could have been for me. Okay. Um, the plot still was a little wavery. Um, yeah. And again, I guess I'm a little biased because I haven't seen it as many times as I have with the other ones. But um, yeah, I would agree. I think it was a little bit more fun to see like where he came from as far as the training purpose was concerned. I mean, like with the the brainwashing and things yeah. like that. But they didn't they didn't get it into it enough for me for my liking. Hmm. Yeah, I want I want more, and so yeah, maybe if they do end up doing a prequel on the fourth one, maybe I'll have a better appreciation for the third one. If yeah. I choose to go see the fourth one, do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I'll be really interested to see what they do when they release a trailer for that one. Yeah, Just to see where they can go because I mean, like you said, they have I don't know, like ten books or something like that. They have quite a lot of those. Yeah, on there. Are you? Do you feel like after you've seen these three movies and the fourth one coming, do you feel like you'd ever read any of the books? Maybe, you know, I was trying to look into getting the Born Identity book, the first one, on my Kindle, but they don't sell it on Kindle. Oh, really? They sell, like, all these other Born sequels, but not the first uh, three. Oh. So I, I thought that was very strange. Oh, really? I was going to say, you should just start with the second one, like you did with the movie. Oh, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, take your reading yeah, patterns and, and you uh, know. I could try that. I mean, I've heard the books are a, a good deal different, too, mm-hmm. um, after the first one. So that'd be interesting to compare uh, the book to the movie, too. Yeah. I would agree. I don't think I'd... Honestly, I don't think I'd read the books. Yeah. Um, normally, yeah, I would kind of be a fan of, hey, let's read the book and then go see the movie or vice versa. But um, I'm more of a read it first and then go see the movie instead of mm. the other way around. So honestly, I don't think that... I mean, given the opportunity, which I have a ton of, I don't think yeah. I would actually read the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although I heard it is actually for the first three that, you know, the movies are based off of that. It's, mm-hmm. it's really good. But yeah, it's different. There's a lot more detail. The books are a lot more drawn out. Um, but hey, you only have an hour and a half, two hours to fit X amount of pages. Of well, exactly. And one thing I didn't mention that uh, I think I should is with all the movies overall, they do a good job of mixing what kind of action you see on screen, whether it's a car chase or a motorcycle chase or a gun shootout. Or explosions. Or explosions. But they never repeat one. It's not like a million gunfights one after the other or it becomes a bit monotonous. They always manage to mix it up. Right. And keep things interesting. I would agree. I think that's one of the reasons that I like the series is because you do only see one car chase per movie and you really only do see one, maybe two fight scenes, you know, that are, you know, really kind of hard and heavy or like, Mm -hmm. hey, like a shorter one over here, but we're going to have a longer, more meaningful, you know, combat scene over here. Um, And then there's also the mind games that go along with this in the movie, too. So it's I I think it's a good, well-round mix of, you know, mind messing with. 
yeah you know mind messing with it's yeah i was funny. gonna say something different but um you know i, I just think it has a good uh well-rounded feel to it with all of these different aspects it's an intelligent it's an intelligent series of movies yeah no, it I, is i think that's fair mm-hmm. um i really don't get the comparisons of jason Bourne to james bond to me that seems weird other than he's in different countries <sighs> he doesn't have gadgets he's not going on missions for the james government bond is in a class all by himself he that doesn't you know i don't think that anybody should ever compare anything to james bond especially when it's oh yes okay so it may be like a guy that fights and has a knife Ooh, let's compare him to James Bond. No, you can't do that. No. No. I think people like to because you can say, oh, he's an American James Bond. But James Bond wasn't American. That is true. I'm sorry. He's not. He wasn't, and he never will be. And he's, yeah. you know, no. You just, you don't, you don't make James Bond, a, like, different. Right. Um, you just, I'm sorry, you don't. I'm not a huge, you know, James Bond lover or, you know, aficionado, but you just, you don't change him. Same thing. You don't change Jason Bourne. You know, I understand that there's like a lot of, <laughs> I, I get it. And I guess that's where I, I get disappointed when I see that, hey, there's, you know, other movies that are coming up, but uh-huh. not with the same character. It's like, oh, look, it's going to be, that would be the only comparison I would draw between, you know, the Bond series and the Bourne series is that you'd have different, a different actor for whatever series of movies that you're going to yeah. do. So maybe we can classify uh, Matt Damon as the Sean Connery. You could, right, if you're doing that. Yeah, and so maybe this works. Hurt Locker guy, I don't even remember his name. And see, that's the other thing, too, is, is that if I can't remember his name, chances are I'm not going to go see it. Um, but maybe he's maybe he's the Timothy Dalton. I don't I, Who knows? Yeah, could be. Yeah. Could very well be. What do you give the series overall? Overall? Um, I'm trying not to average my scores, but since you said that, making me think about it. I don't know if we've ever done an overall, or do we do that? I don't think we've done that before. No, but we should, because okay. we spend a lot of time on these. Why not? Um, I, I, what would you go to give it overall? Uh, overall, I'd probably give it a... F- I'd probably give it a four out of five. Okay, I would I would do, I think, like three and a half, I guess. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, the more I thought about it, the more I like these than I originally intended, but uh, you want to talk about what we're doing next week? I would love to. Okay, what are we doing on the sequel cast the next few weeks? We are going to be doing Fletch. The Fletch series. Fletch and Fletch Lives. Yep, starring Chevy Chase. I'm excited about this. They've been trying to get a new Fletch off the ground for almost a decade. You know... But that hasn't happened. No. Unless it's with Chevy Chase, you do not have another Fletch. Chevy Chase is so much his own thing. Like, nobody else can be like Chevy Chase. Nobody else is Chevy Chase. And even though his career has had peaks and lots and lots of valleys... He's still, still very good Chase. at what he does. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, yeah, I would agree. It's unusual that you see a, a comedy star that is funny but can also be convincingly romantic. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, Maybe, no, well, I, I can see where you'd say that. Because I, like this thing I saw a few weeks ago with Steve Carell and he's trying to be romantic to his wife or the thing with him and Tina Fey and they're trying Ugh. to be a couple. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I just think Steve Carell just looks average looking and he whenever he tries to be charming he just is more disturbing i don't know like yeah, it's yeah he's just like a little bit more creepy yeah i i'm not a fan honestly i'm not he's he's the dude from the office and that's pretty much all he'll ever be to me i'm kind of interested that james spader is going to be on the office when it starts uh, yeah i haven't watched no. it you know in okay. several seasons so uh i honestly care less about All the right. office at this point. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, the two people are getting married and they're having a big deal. Who cares? You already, you already jumped the shark. You're done. I'm done with you. And it's been on for so many years. And the original British one was just two seasons. 
and a Christmas episode. Yeah. I think it was only like 13 or 14 episodes altogether. Well, so speaking of of the of Chevy Chase, yes. if you haven't seen any of the series uh, that he's done with Community, I'd highly recommend it. I don't oh, know no, where I have. You, yeah, I don't know where you could get it uh, where you can really find it at this point. You know, I think some so of the seasons still even going on. are for sale. No, it got renewed for a third season. Sweet. A third season starts in fall 2011. And um yeah, they've been giving Chevy Chase more to do in that show. Cool. Yeah. I I've seen probably like I don't know, a little bit more than half of the first season and really enjoyed it. It gets better. And I, he's still he I could, he could still totally be Fletch, and I think the whole he romanticism could. thing just because it, it's because he's kind of corny, and it just you know honestly, yes. as a chick, it works. <laughs> it works. If Chevy Chase were you know to be corny with me, I'd probably fall in love with him too. I'm just saying, just putting it out there. Maybe not now know. because he's a little oh, older. Maybe not but now. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, okay, all right. Difference? Yeah, I think that's that's about All it. All right. Well, the music I'm going to close this episode out with, it is uh, from a Ma- another Matt Damon movie called Rounders. So, not related to Bourne at all, but mm-hmm. it's Matt Damon related. So, uh, next time we're doing Fletch in the Sequelcast. So, uh, this is Matt. And I'm Sabrina. Saying go to SequelCast.com and look for SequelCast on iTunes. Bye. Bye.